If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Yo, what's up? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Friday, January 28th, 2022. I'm one of your host, Blessing Adioye Jr. Joining me is GameSpot's Tamor Hussein. From the number one, two, three, four, and five video game website on the internet. Yeah. Blessing. But Yesterday, I, yeah, I don't I, know I, if you I, were... I heard you were the fourth best uh, video game website for Elden Ring. I, so, here's the thing here's Whoa. the thing this is what was said by one greg miller who has been pissing about for the last three months he's been mia for three months doing god knows what when that happened when he was getting ready to go away i don't know what he's been doing i think he's been changing a tire for three months that's how he used to see is that that apparently he just needed a break he was just like oh, he I'm just needed a break nice. he made some story about about having a baby or something like that and i was like bro I got you. Whatever you need, like I'll Miller, do it We know you, you haven't had sex, all right? This Stop guy, lying about your child. This guy doesn't even know what sex is, okay? Exactly. He was like, like I need to go. I've come up with an elaborate scheme about uh, having a baby. Will you do Kind of Funny Games Daily? And I was like, 100% I'll do that for you. I love you. I respect all of you. I love Kind of Funny. I'm a best friend. I love the people who watch Kind of Funny. I will do this. It is my honor. Mm-hmm. Little did I know when he returned from his fake baby break, he would slander me. And he would slander me by saying that not only am I not the, do I not represent the number one video game website in the world, but he put it as the number four video game website for Elden Ring. And he did that in favor of a magazine. A magazine. <laughs> not a website. Not a website. Who is reading magazines in 2022? I'm sorry to everyone at GameFormer. Uh, you got a website, so I don't feel that bad about it. But paper. Paper that you go to a store to purchase or have delivered for you. You know the only kind of physical paper I have in my house right now? Tell it's me, toilet paper. Oh, I, I put it on my money. ass and cash money. Thank you, Barrett. <laughs> That's you. That's you. However, out of respect, I will not be saying anything further about Greg Miller. He's a good man. He's uh, he's uh, apparently got a baby, so he's probably apparently. stressed out. Nobody's he's seen cr- this baby, by the way. I don't know if no you've seen one. it. Never whenever, seen whenever it. this man seemingly posts his baby, it's always censored out. Like yeah, there's always like an emoji there. Mm. Did like he get birth? That is just Portillo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just Portillo that he's hiding. He's like, oh, yeah, that's my baby. You had a baby. Yeah, I'm pr- I appreciate yeah, it. This is my sex. baby. This is my I've baby. Yeah, no, yeah. I just like a three month vacation for no reason and left everybody to work way harder than they should have for three out of, months. Out of, respect, out of respect I'm for Greg Miller, who has created this business, this home for many of us gamers alongside you all fine folks. I will not be talking shit about him for any further. I will just respect his opinion and agree to disagree because, you know, you got sometimes the OGs, you got to give them respect because of what they've done, you know? And if you step out of line, you get clapped. And I'm not looking to get clapped. You know, I love, I'm here I, to... you, you call him an OG, which I feel like is your way of calling him old. 
which I respect. I respect. Hell, boy. Dude, I, I feel like the, by the day, that man looks older. You know, like, he's yeah, always going out with his eyes. Like, bro. Oh, man. He's like, I love PS Vitas, but you can see it's not there anymore. It's, no, not, yeah, it's not. His eyes are dead. His soul is leaving. I think he's done. Like, he's, he's just, he's going to be smoking cigarettes on a loading screen before we know it. Remind me to never disc GameSpot, by the way, because Tamora is, like, on a rampage. Tamora is, is on I'm fire today. You. Like, I'm telling you, he banned me. He timed me out immediately after he said it, and he, he knew that he had to do that because you don't want that smoke with me. Mm. I was born and raised on the internet, Greg. They call Tam the push You might be, I am, the, I, exactly. You are Drake. Everyone who comes at me is Drake. I will expose your baby on the internet, okay? I will tell everyone that you got a baby, okay? Yeah, you don't, have you don't want that day. smoke with me on the internet. I have murdered countless people, metaphorically, on the Tam, internet. I, 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 will say, I will say that GameSpot is in my top two. All right, it's in my top two. Thank all you. Right? I appreciate that. I respect yeah, it. Video Games Chronicle, really good website. I reference them all the time. They have really good write-ups. They break a lot of news. I feel like they don't yep. get the respect they deserve. But they're Video my former Chronicle. co-workers. I came up with them, so I got to show love to them. Exactly. But GameSpot, firmly in that number two Tam, yeah. how were you born on the internet? I was born on the internet. How? Don't ask questions. Okay. I'm just there. You name, like, I, I'm on a show called The Very Online Show. It's mm. literally about the internet. I'm explaining the internet to people who are on the internet and they're like god damn i did not know that me yeah. and lucy james and jeff back like, tam, tam can probably tell you all about Newgrounds, right tam can tell you about Trust me i know about Newgrounds. i can tell you old school i can tell you about shit that was happening tell me about the impossible quiz irc baby do you you don't know about irc okay that so I much really of the video game world the, the video game press at one point basically began on irc people who work at GameSpot and one up and various other places they used to hang out on irc and that's where they found each other and created mm. these websites and i was a baby at that time but i was i was there just watching you know learning yeah. just biding my time know, everybody tim is seasoned mm -hmm. in the game and is here to talk to you about video game news so tim let's talk about if i can tab over to see what's going on with my dog let's talk about today's stories which include a big new halo mode seemingly in the works an xbox monster hunter clone seemingly in the works and more because this is kind of funny games daily each and every week at 10 a.m live right here on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games we run you through the nerdy news you need to know about if you're watching live you can correct us when we get stuff wrong by going to kind of funny.com slash your wrong if you don't want to watch live you can watch later on youtube.com slash kind of funny games roosterteeth.com or you can listen later on podcast services around the globe by searching for kind of funny games daily i hit the uh, like my mic stand instead of the desk because lately i've been i've been doing a lot of gaming tam <laughs> like mm -hmm, many people mm -hmm. know right there because it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's a new season tam i don't know if you looked out the windows recently i don't know if you've seen the colors of the leaves changing uh, no, i don't stop. know if you felt the no. breeze of the stop. wind on your skin tam but tam no. It's review season, and so it I've been playing a lot. Of, yeah, I've been playing a lot of video. It's review season, Barry. It's review season. I'm playing a lot of video games, Tam. And some of those video games, I'd be dying. <laughs> all right. And when I tell you that I've started banging my desk, not like a not like a toxic masculine. I'm punching holes in the wall. Just like yeah. soft, like love taps to my desk. Right. It's gone to the point where I've done that a few times, and it's turned off my computer, and it's turned off like I, it's. Oh my I don't god! Know what, it's messing with my power outlet. And so now I'm like scared to tap my desk because I don't want to turn everything off. Uh, so I got to figure <laughs> out what that is. I got to fix that. But that's not why, that's why I'm not banging on this table. That's, yeah. My, you might need to hit up like, what was that standing desk company? And be like, yo, every time I touch I'm my left. desk, everything explodes. Can you hook me up? 
Yeah, so, yeah. I, yeah. I, I, I need to figure, I need to hit up Kevin Coelho and be like, yo, I need that extra screw. <laughs> this yeah. really left out. I need it because <laughs> things are starting to go awry. Uh, I don't even know where I was in the housekeeping. If you're watching live, of course, you can correct us when we get stuff wrong by going to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. If you don't want to watch, the, oh, yeah, I did all this. Uh, around the globe, that's where I stopped. The globe by searching mm. for kind of funny games daily. If you don't want to watch live, listen on YouTube, Rooster Teeth, all that stuff. Remember, you can use epic creator code kind of funny on all epic store and epic in-game purchases like rocket league and fortnite to help support the channel to be part of the show to patreon.com slash kind of funny games or bronze members or above get to write in and silver members or above get the show ad free with the exclusive daily post show housekeeping for you of course is friday which means that xcast is recording live later today on patreon you can go listen to that if you're a patreon supporter and that goes up for everyone tomorrow on youtube and podcast services around the globe right after this show greg's doing a kind of funny community podcast-a-thon uh, he's doing five different kfbf podcasts right after kfgd live on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games so come hang out watch them all Thank you to our Patreon producers, James Davis at James Davis Makes, Blackjack, and Pranksy. Today we're brought to you by Purple Mattress and Babel, but we'll tell you about that later. For now, let's begin with what is, and forever will be, the Roper Report. It's time for some news. We have seven stories today. Ah, Baker's Dozen. And let me tell you, we spent a lot of time just in the rigmarole, just hanging out at the top of the show for mm-hmm. how many news stories we have. We got a lot mm-hmm. to talk about. This first news story is two news stories in one, basically. This comes from Tom Ivan at Video Games Chronicle. Certain Affinity, the developer, may be working on a new Halo Infinite mode as well as an Xbox Monster Hunter clone. The article reads like this. Certain Affinity could be working on a new game mode for Halo Infinite, it's been claimed. The prolific support studio, which is based in Austin, Texas, has collaborated on installments in the Halo and Call of Duty franchises since 2007, as well as shooters Left 4 Dead and Doom. Windows Central says it received hints that the studio may be developing a new game mode for Halo Infinite, which could be the shooter's take on Battle Royale or something else entirely. The report also backs up claims that Xbox is working on a Monster Hunter-style co-op game with Certain Affinity. On Thursday, GamesBeat journalist Jeff Grubb said in a giant bombshell that Certain Affinity had teamed up with Microsoft to make a, quote, Monster Hunter clone, end quote, designed to offer greater variety in its Game Pass lineup. Quote, they're like, we probably can't get Monster Hunter on Game Pass. That'll be pretty expensive. But we definitely want a game like that because we see the potential for that to grow and be a big thing with long-term support, he said. Windows Central's Jess Corden said he'd also been informed about Certain Affinity's Monster Hunter-style game, which is reportedly codenamed Project Suerte. His sources suggest that the project has been in development since the summer of 2020, and that it's likely planned to be revealed next year ahead of a release in 2024. Tim, we have a Monster Hunter clone, and we have mm-hmm. a new mode for Halo Infinite that could be Battle Royale. Where do you want to start? Uh, let's start with the Halo mode. Um, Certain Affinity... Uh... A studio thought as of as always being the bridesmaid and never the bride um, has has done a lot. You might be surprised to learn in the Halo universe. It's done DLC for Halo 2. Um, the Blastacular map pack was was their stuff. Uh, it helped with uh, co-developing Halo Waypoint, I believe, and uh, did DLC for Reach. Um, they co-developed Combat uh, Evolved Anniversary Edition. They worked on Halo 4. They worked on the Master Chief Collection. And they co-developed um, uh, Infinite as well. So it's unsurprising that they were finally like, yo, please let me get married. 
and uh, now uh, Microsoft is like, or 343 is is kind of giving them the space to make something. I think they're a great developer, um, and, and like they have shown in the past that they clearly understand a lot of uh, what Halo is. So I think it makes perfect sense for them to take what's already there and try and spin it into something new and elaborate and kind of build upon the foundation that exists on um, with with Infinite. And I think that Infinite is in a state where it do, it feels like it's still waiting for kind of more to define it if you get what i mean like it's yeah. a kind of complete package but it also feels a little bit like an early access game in a lot of ways so it makes sense that um there's not a preciousness over who's doing what for it right now um it's not like if if this this new story is being met with oh my god no only 343 can make this game it has to be internal studios that's not how they're approaching it it feels like they that there's enough it feels like Halo Infinite is still an open blank-ish canvas and having a developer that is familiar with Halo as as familiar as a certain affinity is with Halo to drop in and be like, we've got an idea and we can make something cool with it um, makes perfect sense to me, um, especially given that they're treating Halo Infinite as a platform and with the with um the idea that everything in there is going to be iterated on the worst case scenario is they put out something that's not mind-blowing but it becomes something mind-blowing later on which has happened many many times in the past if it's about royale we've got Fortnite to look at and even apex to a degree as well yeah um cod uh warzone and they all grow so if it's like hey you guys take you folks take care of you know the uh battle royale mode for this and um that will become your baby perfect amazing yeah, Halo, I think Halo is a franchise to you that has proven that it doesn't just have to be solely tied to one developer, because historically you connect Halo to Bungie, right? But now Halo is 343, and with Halo Infinite, I think they've done a good job of establishing themselves as a studio that can handle it, right? Like, we've had some bumpy, uh, uh, we've hit some bumps in the road to get there, but now that we're here with Halo Infinite, we put put out something that can work as a platform, and like you said, right, It Halo Infinite feels like a game that feels like it is in its infancy in terms of content. Right, the mechanics are there. The feel of gameplay is there. The game is is fun, and they really nailed down the formula. Now, what I think is left is to fill in the fill fill in content and mm. create a journey for players where, you know, year one looks like this, year two looks like this. It reminds me of Apex Legends, actually, where that game launched beginning of 2019, and then last year we got Apex Arenas, which is an entirely new mode for Apex Legends, right? But mm. still works with those same mechanics and and same everything, but. Uh, creates a new way to progress, creates a new way to play. And for me, it ended up with me putting in somehow 80 hours, according to my PlayStation wrap-up, of gameplay into Apex and not even realizing it because I was playing so much arenas and having such a blast with it that, like, that became my sole way to play. If I'm going to pick up Apex Legends again now, I'm going to play arenas because I love that mode. That is what I think you want to do with Halo Infinite, where, you know, right now the game feels focused on having a good landing. Uh, uh, you know, we have campaign out there. Let people play that. Let people get their initial experiences with Halo Infinite in. And as we're in, we're in as we're in this launch phase of it. Let's get let, let's figure out the maps. Let's figure out what maps people like, what people don't like. Uh, let's phase in the modes that people like. Let's phase out the modes that people don't like and polish. And then once we get into it a little bit deeper, now let's add in uh, Forge and the stuff that or is it called Forge in Halo? It is called uh, yeah, my yeah, thing about yeah. Okay. Yeah, let's cool. add in Forge. Let's add in, you know, campaign co-op, the things that felt like they were missing from launch and the things that are most highly requested from the fans. And then from there, let's grow, right? And I could easily see, yeah, 2023, 2024, adding in a Battle Royale. And to, to, uh, to bring in certain affinity, I think if you're going to have another studio work on a specific mode, that is bigger than just a 
new capture the flag type thing, right? That isn't just a regular mode. That isn't just something you're going to add into a playlist. I think that is going to be a new menu item kind of thing of, yeah, it is going to be a battle royale or something of that size, uh, which I think could be exciting. Yeah, for sure. And when it comes to the uh, the Monster Hunter clone, it kind of, I mean, it's not exactly a spicy take, but it makes perfect sense like that they would want something like this. Um, I think that we're going to get a lot more, I don't know what the best way to, I, I think of, this approach to Monster Hunter, or I think of Microsoft and Xbox's want and desire for a Monster Hunter to be the same as a want and desire for another games as a service title, if you get what I mean. Mm-hmm. I think one of the things that Monster Hunter does really well is is that it is a games as a service title to a degree. It just doesn't feel like one at all. This is like a lifestyle game. Maybe that's a better way to think about it, but they put out one game and people play that for hundreds and hundreds of hours and they play it together communally with a bunch of people. It is not that different from a Destiny or a MMO where, you know, I know groups of people who log on every day and they'll go on hunts and hang out. And I think uh, that is something that is perfect for um, Game Pass because people, you know, Microsoft wants people to subscribe to Game Pass and then also, you know, stick around and think of it as their fa- more main form of entertainment, the way that, you know, you would go to, you know, gather around a, a, a cinema screen around with friends or just hang out with a bunch of friends, jumping into uh, a Monster Hunter-like experience, having a kind of combined goal and knowing and growing together. That is, like, super, super important for them. Um, I think it's really interesting that they want to do it at a time when, you know, Monster Hunter is popping, like, it's never been popping, like, it's yep. every everywhere now and it's really hitting um you might argue that they tried something like this to a degree before like they've done you know i think maybe uh, uh what was it scalebound could have been something like that but rest i can't i don't yeah rest rest in peace. Peace, uh, the reason I, why i bought an xbox one scale yeah yeah um r.i.p and there's there's stuff like you know uh, dauntless and and that kind of stuff out there but nothing hits in the same way that um uh monster, monster hunter, hunter does see yeah. that's what I, I wanted to ask chat that like if uh if if chat can give you feedback this doesn't even need, need to be kind of funny.com so that's you're wrong i'll just keep an eye out are there monster hunter clone type games that have hit on a big level because that yeah, you mentioned dauntless i know freedom wars came out on the vita and greg miller really liked it but like yeah you know if we're talking about the popularity of monster hunter is there anything else that stands beside that that is hit in the same way let me know chat there's stuff like Gaudi, uh, and to a degree, even Peace Walker, Metal Gear, was kind of inspired mm. by Monster Hunter back in the day. Um, and like that is the outside of Monster Hunter, that is Peace Walker is the game that that I most like played that had that similar vibe. Um, but yeah, I, I think there was there was one as well which was on. I think it was the PSP. It was like to, Toki, Toki, yeah, something like that. Um, yeah, I've, dude, my my story with that game is when I was in college. I, um, I mean, I was gonna say my college is a library. Every college has a library. I was in my college <laughs> library, and I found that they had like a small game section, which blew my mind. I didn't realize that you could have video games in libraries, but apparently it's a common thing. So I was I I saw that uh, game section. I started looking through of games I could check out from the library, and I saw yeah, uh, Tukiden sitting there, and mm. I was like. I don't know what this game is. This looks cool. It looks like some JRPG type bullshit. That sounds like me. Let me check this game out. <laughs> Played it for an hour or two and was so confused and so lost. <laughs> that I did not understand what it was because this is before I even like knew what Monster Hunter was. Yeah, nothing's hit in the way that Monster Hunter is hitting. And it's important to remember that 
Monster Hunter has only just started hitting in the way that Monster Hunter is hitting, if you get what I mean. Like, World and Rise were the big, big pop-offs. Like, I'm an old-school Monster Hunter player. Like, uh, I started with the PS2 version, which was a nightmare hellscape to play. But, like, the PSP versions is where I spent most of my time, and then I started, like, falling off from there as they kept coming. I dipped in and out of all of them just to make sure I knew what I was talking about when I was talking about um, my, uh, Monster Hunter. But, like, the 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 3DS one is, is pretty amazing. Uh, there's a couple of amazing ones. But Rise and World are really, really, really the points where people started paying attention yeah. to it and, and like thinking about it. And they're two amazing games because like world feels like a more classic one. Whereas um, rise feels like it's designed more to be portable again. And it's phenomenal. I'm interested in, I think that the tricky part that certain affinity and Microsoft or the challenge they have is they need to be able to make it feel like monster hunter but also make it stand out from monster hunter because if it's just kind of like monster hunter and okay i think the reason that there haven't been many clones is people always just go to monster hunter it's such a unique experience that if you if you're not better than it while also being like it you're going to be forgotten like yeah. easily so like such a hard tightrope to walk um and it's it's incredibly incredibly i'm not even sure that they can pull it off but I don't know. It's worth a shot. No one else is trying, um, or, or people are trying, but no one else is hitting. And I feel like there's a lot of um, mileage to be gained from from doing it and being successful with it. And if anything, like we said, like a certain affinities approach to Halo, there is an argument for the to be made for them just trying and then iterating until it's good. Um, and and because it's a games as a service title, there is an expectation that people will come f if you build it and carry on building it and make it good people will come and see if thieves is probably just like the best example of that didn't start off amazing became amazing is every you know people talking about it non-stop now yeah and i i think game pass makes this more more viable of an idea of okay yeah i can sub subscribe to the streaming server um, subscription service that i'm already subscribed to right because i'm playing all these other games now have access to this monster hunter clone type game that xbox has put out let me check it out right or i hear that months later down the road that they're adding in content that some people are telling me that it's worthwhile. Okay, cool. Let me now jump into it and see what it's about. Yeah, see if these had that thing where it mm. launched, it, you know, felt like it needed more content, felt like it needed more stuff there, but it got there, right? And now years later, it has a thriving play player base and they're talking about launching in their biggest content uh, year yet. I, I think Game Pass really opens up the doors yeah. in terms of that happening more and more. And yeah, Xbox being behind it and approaching a certain affinity with uh, with the idea of it, I think even it, I think that puts them in a good place in terms of having the Xbox push of marketing and Xbox advertising and Xbox going, hey, let us put this in front of in front of everybody so that like you know that we have this ongoing game that you, we want you to try out in the way that Game Pass I think really creates a good flow of. Mm. All right, th this month you're getting this. Next month you're getting this. Right, this month you're getting. Sure. Uh, uh, what's the Obsidian game with the bugs where you're small? Grounded. Yeah, this grounded, month you're getting yeah. grounded. Right, this month you're getting this next game. I think uh, to put certain affinities, Monster Hunter clone game in that conversation of okay, cool. In in this game seems like it's far away. Right, the article says 2024, but hypothetically, right, let's talk about this year because this year is clear. If let's say in July you get Redfall, right, Redfall is going to own that for Game Pass likely. And then if you could say that, hey, in August, you're going to get this certain affinity Monster Hunter game, I think that then shifts conversation in a very smart way, marketing yeah. and advertising-wise, in terms of controlling the message, controlling the talk, and 
allowing your audience to kind of dip their toes into all these different games, even if beforehand they would not have as much of an interest, mm. interest in playing those games, but they're just there on Game Pass, and so why not? Yeah, I think that's that's a that's a good approach, and I also like if you if you haven't played Monster Hunter, like check out World, check out Rise. There's always communities that are super super into walking you through those games, and there's such a massive um, knowledge base out there for you to dig into. They're on PC, they are on Xbox and PlayStation, and they are so much fun. They're one of the best community-driven experiences that you can have. I'm sure there's like a bunch of people in the uh, a bunch of KF uh, best friends that would love to join up to play uh, some Monster Hunter. So it's worth a try. Um, yeah, Tim, I'm I'm very happy to have you on the show uh, because I hear out there that GameSpot is the number one website, number one for Souls and Elden Ring content. So story number two, we got. A statement from From Software, uh, where they're talking about Elden Ring's difficulty. This comes from a Ooh, Q&A baby. on the PlayStation blog. I'm very excited to talk to you about this, Tam. Where over on the PlayStation blog, they have a whole Q&A go, uh, go up, right? It's them talking to uh, Miyazaki about the game. But one of the questions out here stood out to me because I think it's a it's a interesting thing to, to bring up, especially going into Elden Ring, because I know this is going to be a big conversation topic about it. Uh, and so to jump into the PlayStation blog, they did a Q&A um uh format right where it's question and answer right the question here where they asked uh, this comes from the playstation blog quote how has the ongoing discourse around game difficulty and accessibility impacted the way you tailored and maintained from software's trademark difficulty in elden ring was this something your team has been trying to be more mindful of uh that is the question from the playstation blog miyazaki elden ring's director answered like this quote yes we have it's a valid discussion I feel like our approach to these games, not just Elden Ring, is to design them to encourage the player to overcome adversity. We don't try to force difficulty or make things hard for the sake of it. We want players to use their cunning, study the game, memorize what's happening, and learn from their mistakes. We don't want players to feel like the game is unfairly punishing, but rather that there's a chance to win a difficult encounter and make progress. We understand that Souls-like games are regularly associated with the impossible levels of difficulty with high barriers to entry, but we try to design the games to make the cycle of repeatedly trying to overcome these challenges enjoyable in itself. So we hope that with Elden Ring and the new options it provides, it'll be a success in that respect. In Elden Ring, we have not intentionally tried to lower the game's difficulty, but I think more players will finish it this time. As I mentioned, the player's level of freedom to progress through the world or return to a challenge later, later are all elements that I feel will help people get through the game at a more leisurely pace. Also, there isn't a focus on pure action. The player has more agency to dictate their approach against, uh, for example, the field bosses in the overworld and how they utilize stealth in various situations. We've even reduced the number of hoops that you have to jump through to enjoy it in multiplayer. So we hope that players embrace that idea of receiving help from others, and we feel like the overall clear rate will go up this time because of these things. End quote. Tam, do you think that's a good statement from Miyazaki? Yeah, I think that's a fantastic statement from Miyazaki. This is something I talked about with a friend of the show, Zach Ryan, on his stream. Um, but like, I think this is a necessity as well as a, a smart design decision. Um, I think like the the original, um, the older Souls games, uh, they they kind of they are compared to what Elden Ring is. They're a little more linear as an experience, you know. Um, and, and the reason I say that is because, um, again, I've said this before, but like it allows from software to kind of orchestrate tension 
in a little more deliberate a way and by that i mean they can like set up uh, scenarios that push you and pull you and manipulate you in certain ways and control the pace of how you're getting through a game and also what you're and that gives them a kind of insight into the psychology of a player as well like they know that having just lost hair this part is going to be frustrating on the way up or it's going to be like a challenge it's going to feel more like a challenge and they can kind of tweak it and kind of uh geppetto the the kind of scenarios to make sure that you puppete- they're puppeteering some interesting uh feelings if you get what i mean and that isn't as possible in an open world game where you're coming at it from so many different angles and so many different um options are available to you stealth is now an option verticality is now an option jumping is now an option it just doesn't make sense for them to try and stick to the old uh design thinking where it's like we're going to try and make this an uphill struggle for everyone mm-hmm. it's just not feasible it will it won't work or it will feel off um this time around it feels like what they've done is they've thought real smart about kind of containing the challenges the real real classic dark souls challenges to be in certain areas and enemy bosses based on what i played on the preview stuff it felt like in the open world things were way more manageable like i feel like no one should have trouble playing that game provide they have some proficiency with gaming and literacy with gaming obviously if you're brand new to it or you know you get some people that just aren't super super uh like good gamers let's just say for one of a better phrase mm-hmm. i don't think that it's impossible for them i i think that they can just you know take their foot off the gas and play at a slower pace and it feels good to do that i spent a lot of time just kind of walking around and kiting enemies by fighting one-on-one and that kind of stuff and it felt really good but then when i got to a boss fight it kind of like I think that the the shock of it is going to be like the flips is, is uh, the switch is flipped there and it turns into an older experience where you're like oh shit this is no joke again um and i think that might catch people off guard but like what miyazaki said there is is definitely like something i think is going to happen a lot co-op i feel like this is the game where obviously we're not 100 percent sure on how it's going to feel in game given that they're a bit they're, their systems for inviting other people to the game in the past has been kind of janky yeah. but i feel like this will be the game where people play co-op way way more like and it's and it's almost like i think it's going to be like for a lot of people it will be like i only played it co-op yeah, i did this not is play the multiplayer game to me yeah, yeah this is this is going to be this yeah this is they're going to treat this like monster hunter um in a lot of ways and and i feel like this is the game that uh it makes it facilitate facilitates that way better because i think in the older games you had scenarios where it's like you'd summon someone in they'd help you with a boss and then they'd be gone and it needed to be that way because there wasn't a lot of real estate and space in that world in those worlds to make full playthroughs super interesting i feel like when you did do co-op it robbed you slightly of the experience not to say that anyone who did it that way has played it wrong i did it a, a bunch of the times those ways as well and i feel like it's super valid but it becomes a different kind of game i feel like this this is now built with co-op in mind if you know what i mean as opposed to with like people are going to play this start to finish in co-op instead of people are going to use co-op to get over this hurdle specifically and then go back to playing single player yeah i really like that uh i also really like this this statement from miyazaki you know i think 
the the from software souls games are and when i say souls right i'm including bloodborne Sekiro, and all that stuff yeah right i've always stood by the difficulty you know i I think the the difficulty in those games are good for what those experiences are you know i think accessibility is a different conversation from difficulty right like and that's where i think they could grow and get better you know i would love to see more accessibility options and we'll see what elden ring does to maybe implement more fingers crossed that they implement way more uh, accessibility options but in terms of what elden ring is right i've had conversations with barrett on on other shows i think one of our recent post shows actually with me and andy we were talking about uh how barrett's expectations for how he's going to play elden ring i think barrett first sees himself probably playing like five hours and then po- probably bouncing off because souls games uh traditionally aren't as much of his jam but uh mm-hmm. you know as me and, andy, me and andy were talking about it i think we had the thing of uh, kind of what the statement from Izaki is getting at in terms of this is kind of a it's a different flow of a game from a from software game seemingly where when we talk about we're talking about like the action games right we're talking about the kind of the verbs you do in them right and and from software games a lot of those verbs is like hit and dodge and like you have to be mm-hmm. really good at those specific verbs right you have to be really good at the action because of what you mentioned in terms of the linearity of it and how every experience feels tailored to get from one lamp to the next and like every single encounter you have trying to get to the next lamp yeah. feels so orchestrated and it feels so much like cool you got to fight your way through this whereas in elden ring seems like the uh going back to the verb thing right explore as a verb is going to have way yes. more of an impact on your experience with this game than purely just the action and i think that is something that's going to open the game up just naturally because of the nature of the game you're going to spend more time just hanging out in the world exploring the world following points of interest following things that you see in the world and i think that's going to let people get a lot more game time out of it yeah. uh, that wouldn't have seen that game game time if it was restricted to more specific the action parts of it yeah, and the thing that excites me about that is it kind of allows you to kind of uh, fulfill roles or allow different kinds of people to take point in different kinds of areas of the game, which is, this is an idealized version of it that I've had in my head. But what I was always excited about was like jumping into the game with someone like Barrett, who perhaps isn't super into those kind of games, but I know likes to explore worlds and find stuff like that and have these moments where no. it's like, hey, we're in, no. We don't, we don't, we don't explore and we know why. You get into rooms (laughs) where shit blows up. That is a good good MGS reference. You don't you don't explore when Kevin tells you. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kevin tells you explore. You don't explore because that's how you get blown up. Uh, But like you know, you jump into a world like that, and it's like, oh, I'm. I know, I know that my moment to shine is going to be when we get into those super high tension, like skill based boss fights. So in those moments, I will take point. But when we're outside in the world, I can let someone like Barrett or someone else that I'm playing with, like uh, a friend who may be not into super is super not into solos, be like, you take point, I'll, I'll play support and, you know, carry We'll go on. And then when we're in the boss fight, we switch up the roles where it's like you, you hang back. Just use uh use your uh, bow and arrow, whatever it may be, and I'll I'll get in there and we'll figure this out together. Like that, the kind of different shifts mm. in like priority allows different kinds of uh, gameplay styles to emerge and take point. And I think that could be potentially interesting. Um, for, and I, I do believe like I'm I'm excited to be kind of the 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 uh, chaperone or the sherpa for a lot of people who want to get into Souls games now. Like that's yeah. that's something that I love doing. Like you know when uh, uh, number one liar on the internet, Greg Miller was saying or playing through uh, Bloodborne. Um, uh, he uh, when he was when he was playing through Bloodborne and he uh, needed some help with the boss fight. Who did he call him? Blessing. Who did he call him? It was me. Oh, I thought it was like Mike or something. It was yeah, me, managing editor oh, of Game. I, I know exactly Spot. what you're talking about. Yes. Yes. Let me ask you, Blessing. Did he call in anyone from Game Informer? No, he didn't. 
He yeah, did not. No. I rest my case. I can check. I can. Sh- I can call Alex Van Aken and see if Craig. No, I don't he, think did he did not. He did not. No. Um, remember mm. that. But like that was really really happy for me. Like I was I was I, I was excited by that. It made me really happy. Like I jumped in and like helped him out a bit and bounced and I love doing that. So now that I can do that more in a game, like. That's 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 like my kind of experience. Like that's how a lot of us souls fans. Yeah. So uh, yeah. Maybe yeah, I mean, maybe like, that's what I need to do. I need to call people up like Alex Van Aken, you know. Yeah, do it. I mean, I mean Alex Van Aken, he, he, he just beat Bloodborne. Once he so. gets stomped, once he he just beat Bloodborne. <laughs> yeah, he just beat Bloodborne recently, getting ready for Elden Ring. Yeah. Okay, and cool. so call about I mean, like, I, 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 I beat Bloodborne weekly, so I don't know why that's exciting. Like I'm playing because you're because you're part of the number one. I don't know if you know, but like I stream Sekiro all the time and like just. I, I I played Sekiro the other day and I clapped like seven bosses. Jeez, but did you do it blindfolded? <laughs> you didn't do a blindfolded. That's true. Yeah, that's I was just a blindfolded yeah. run from Tam. I think you could yeah. do it if you really. I could do it. I could. I think I could do it. I, I let's not forget. I, I did. I could. There was a period where I could do most of Metal Gear Solid one blindfolded based on uh, echolocation only, um, and that was when I was young and had the time. But you know, mm-hmm. I can't. I was talking to him. I was yeah. him the other day that like, give me a solid week. I'll get you. I'll I'll give you the first uh, star in Super Mario sixty four blindfolded. Give me a week of practice. I, I I respect that, but I think that you you forget how weird the camera is in that game. <laughs> That's true. I, no, you're I, right, that you're camera right. is you're right. insane. It is you're right. insane. Like, uh, I mean, let's not forget that was like one of the first games to behave like that to give and have that camera. kind. Of, yeah. So like, it is that Lakitu or where is I'll get Lakitu under like yeah. my control. Yeah. I'll figure it um, out. I would love to see that, though. I would love to see that. Make it happen. Maybe we'll put on the thermometer yeah. when we go back to the studio. For sure. I need everybody to raise that money because I want to yeah, do that. Exactly. I want to try it out. Uh, do you know what else I'm excited for, Tam? I'm excited to tell everybody about patreon.com slash games where you can go to get the show ad-free. And speaking of ads, let us tell you about our sponsors. When it comes to getting a good night's sleep, there's only one thing you need. A good mattress. Forget all those gimmicks like mattress toppers and weighted blankets. If your mattress is terrible, your sleep is going to be terrible. So get the only thing you truly need, a purple mattress. Only purple mattresses have the Gel Flex Grid. It's a super stretchy, ultra squishy material that adapts and flexes around pressure points and doesn't retain heat. How do I know? Well, I talked to a young man named Timothy Geddes, and Timothy swears by the purple pillow. Then, on top of that, he used to have a roommate named Joey Noel who swore by her purple mattress. That's right. Kind of funny sleeping all over this purple stuff and loving every minute of it. Uh, getting a great night's sleep starts with having a great mattress. Get a purple mattress. Go to purple.com slash kindoffunny and use the code kindoffunny. For a limited time, you can get 10% off any order of $200 or more. That's purple.com slash kindoffunny. Code kindoffunny for 10% off any order of $200 or more. That's purple.com slash kindoffunny. Promo code kindoffunny. Terms apply. There are a ton of worthwhile goals to set for yourself this year, and personally, learning a new language with Babbel is at the top of my list. Babbel is the addictively fun, fast, and easy language learning app that has sold more than 10 million subscriptions. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm Greg, and as you know, I'm in love with a French Canadian named Jean-Vierre Saint-Ange. And uh, Jen, of course, uh, first language is French. She learned English later on, and I've been trying to learn French, but I keep falling off. I've got Babbel on my phone. I'm ready to do it in 2022. Other language learning apps use AI for their lessons plans, but Babbel lessons were created by over 100 language experts. Their teaching method has been scientifically proven to be effective. You can choose from 14 different languages like Spanish, French, Italian, and German. Plus, Babbel's speech recognition technology helps you improve your pronunciation and accent. 
I could probably use that for English. Right now, when you purchase a three-month Babbel subscription, you'll get an additional three months for free. That's six months for the price of three. Just go to Babbel.com and use the promo code KINDAFUNNY, all one word. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com, code KINDAFUNNY, Babbel, language for life. Tam, do you hear that outside? I do, yeah. It's the sound of it's the sound of the leaves changing color. I think because it's oh, a new no. season. I can hear the leaves changing. I can color? hear the. I'm like Daredevil, no, 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 no. Barrett. I got I'm... the echolocation. I got there's a chemical in my eyes, and I can hear the leaves changing color because it's review season. Barrett. I'm so excited for. Person. I don't know about you, but I can person. hear a, I can hear a man screaming. So is that what leaves sound like when well, they change yes. color? That person They're is like reviewing some games. The They're reviewing dying. Games. You know, that's the sound of them going. Ah! Yeah. It's yeah. like, ah, oh, goddammit, I just died in a redacted <laughs> game. Oh, man, you hate to see it. You hate to see it. Tam, we got a lot mm-hmm. more exciting news to talk about. Like story yeah. number three, Yacht Club is about to make a mega announcement. This comes from a blog post on their website. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> when you said Yacht Club, I was thinking about the fuck. Uh, let's carry on. I'm, I'm, damn me what you're thinking about, because now I'm curious. I was thinking about the board Abia Club, and I was like, why are you doing this? I don't Wait, the want NFT, the NFT oh, people. I missed this. Yeah, I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah. Okay. Oh, cool. Carry on. Oh, that'd be crazy. They're about to make a mega video game. We just acquired Activision Blizzard too. We, just, we got half of it. Uh, we're proud to announce that the third official Yacht Club Games Presents will be hosted on G4's Twitch channel. We'll be focusing on a selection of games that have brand new content currently in development. We also have a hair-raisingly exciting mega announcement. And they put that in all caps. Uh, you do not want to miss this historic event. Tim, is it time? Are we getting Shovel Knight sixty four? I was just going to say that exact same thing. I was going to say we're going to get like the uh, Castlevania 64 or Lords of the Fallen version of Shovel Knight. And I would be 100% God, up for it. Yeah. Lords of the Fallen? Lords of Shadow. Lords of Shadow. Lords of Shadow. Lords of Shadow. Yeah. Shadow. yeah. The Mer- is that Mercury Steam? Was it Mercury Steam? It's one. Oh, you're asking me quite. You're, you're, I'm asking a lot of questions in rapid succession, uh, but it was yeah, the I did not choice. play that game, so I can only answer one of those questions. Lords, so Lords of Shadows it. one was very good. I thought yeah. Lords of Shadow two was what? What happened, bro? What did you do? <laughs> but uh, still, um, that was uh, that was a good game. But I would love to see them kind of bring back because they've. This is a type of game they revived, right? Like this classic. Um, nes snes era platformer um and they did amazing work with it i would love it if yacht club game was games was like all right we're moving on to 3d platformers like everyone who does 3d platformers always does it as you know the classic banjo kazooie a rare rare era of 3d platformers everyone who wants to bring those back does it with that kind of style aesthetic tone and kind of vibe i would love to see a studio do one of the other types of 3D action platformers, you know, the Castlevania style, where it was a little more like gritty, edgy, that kind of stuff. And it mm. feels like this is the Jeez, studio that could wild. do it. Um, it doesn't have to be with Shovel Knight, of course. I would love it if they were like, hey, we've created our own Castlevania now because Konami ain't sure as shit ain't doing anything with it. So let's do it ourselves. If you want to buy Castlevania NFTs, that's what Castle, that's what Konami's that's what, got for you. Yeah, Konami, um, yeah. But, um, that's not we want, what we want. We don't want JPEGs and GIFs. We want actual full-on games. And imagine if they came out and were like, "We uh, Bloodstains another one actually that is uh, that is out there." So fair play to to them. Uh, Igarashi still at it. Um, but like if they came out and they were like, "We're doing a 3D um, uh, action platformer in the vein of Castlevania 64 slash uh, Lords of Shadow," um, and we've got either Shovel Knight or a brand new character, a brand new IP, let's do it. Um, it's kind of like. It's kind of like uh, House Mark going from 
you know, the yeah, going for Resogun to Resogun like, to Return oh, like that Dude, kind if, of in if my mind. Yacht Club was to make that kind of switch. I think that would be magical. Ooh, that would be I'm a getting, magical glow yeah. up for that studio for I, a studio oh, that is already God. like they've already had their glow up right with, with yeah so they they they're an incredible studio. Yeah. That would be a cr crazy transition for them to go from that into making their own Returnal kind of like hey this is a big budget. Uh, what the skill that we've taken from making Shovel Knight, we're now turning into a big budget game. That'd be Ooh. wild. Now, Ooh. here's the thing, right? We talk a lot about managing expectations on this show and how stu studios or publishers do a good or bad job in terms of managing expectations for their announcement. I feel like this is very particular wording, saying that we ha we also have a hair-raisingly exciting mega announcement. That is not something you say lightly, I don't think. And this is me. This is me just speculating, Tam. This is me mm -hmm. just reading into shit, right? Mm -hmm. The word mega. Could they be making a Mega Man? <gasps> I did not even think of that. Oh, that was the first thing oh. that I thought. When I, read it. I was like, Mega announcement feels like very particular words. Oh, See, I thought they said groundbreaking at some point as well. Or am I? Am I? They might have. I didn't. I didn't include the full uh, um, blog post, but like this specific the, blog post. The is thing that's exactly weird about it is like for you, I, it's interesting that you focused on. Um, uh, mega i focused on hair raisingly like why use hair raisingly is one not a very commonly used phrase anymore too mm. super gross like it's yeah. it's like got some like real like as a hairy man let me tell you the idea of hair raisingly is not a good mental image is there something that comes to mind when you say hair are they making conquer <laughs> <laughs> donkey kong the hairiest oh. character in video oh, games <laughs> dude if they announced to do donkey kong when i tell you that like that would like you would see me do, I, would, I, would, I used to be doing a dance on Twitter. I'd record myself doing like a, a happy dance and I'd post it on the. Bob points out, like, uh, could it be? Could they be making a play on like hair raising? Like it's a, uh, it's a rabbit, it, like a rabbit. What rabbit? No, they, 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 they got like a rabbit character that Looney Tunes back in action, yeah. spiritual successor. Yeah. They they are bringing back Krusty Super Fun House. Um, mm. No, uh, I I honestly I cannot figure out what they're doing but I, i'm excited to see anything that they do i would love it if they did um mega man that would be amazing uh but capcom has last few mega man games capcom's capcom's own production on it has been pretty good so i'd be surprised if they were like we're giving it out if they were like but then again they're refocusing on stuff like monster hunter and you know they got resi and a lot of their internal teams are making bigger games so it's not out of the realm of possibilities that they hit up yacht club especially given how um universally beloved all of the shovel knight games uh have been and been like do you want to do Mega Man for us while we're off making this stuff that, that would make perfect sense but i would love for them to to do that i i'm really really like my heart is set on them doing the 3d thing where they like move into a new genre a new I'm style i'm there with you i would yeah, love and, that and, so much yeah. It's a lot to ask for for a developer, you know, just because they they you know made something that is sixteen bit, sixteen bit. You call Shovel Knight sixteen bit or eight bit? It's like it looks eight bit, but it's clearly functions like a sixteen bit game. If you get yeah. what I mean, in a lot of ways, like they they kind of blurred the lines. Like early in marketing, they were like, "We're doing NES stuff," but those games do, especially the original Shovel Knight, they do things that the NES was not capable of. So they yeah. took some liberties with it. I feel like it's um, a big ass of a developer to be like, hey, you did this thing, now make the next one, but it's a completely different kind of game than what you made. I feel like that's such a big ask, but if they're able to pull it off, like I think that'd be incredible. Andy also points out a good hair-raisingly, uh, maybe tidbit, Dragon Ball Oh set. my god, don't do this. <laughs> oh, when you turn Super Saiyan, your hair raises. It does, exactly. yeah. Don't... <laughs> But like, yeah, what would a oh. what would a yacht club 
Dragon Ball Dragon game, Ball game be? look like. So back yeah. in the day, there were these Dragon Ball games that were out. Like I played them on PC, but I can't remember if it was because they were on PC or because I was doing some mad illegal shit. Of course, it was probably not the second because as everyone knows, I've never done anything illegal in my life. But they had these like 2D open world Dragon Ball games where you'd like fly around and you'd follow the... Uh, the uh radar the dragon radar and find the dragon balls and get into fights and often they'd turn into i think the one that i played would get into like card based battling which was like you'd be both characters were in the air and like you'd play your cards and then they'd fight and that kind of stuff and then off you go again but there were quite a few um open worldish like this is the one i remember yeah rpg-ish type games what was this game called Super Saiyan Densetsu, is yeah. that that might be right, yeah. So like these kind of games, they did exist. And I remember being obsessed with them. Um, and they were a lot of like fun. So I would imagine like, I think like this is another type of game that Yacht Club games could do. Um, and it would be super, super interesting. If we're running with the, the kind of premise that they are working with Dragon Ball, I don't think so because I think the Dragon Ball uh, licenses are with uh, Bandai Namco. And you know what that means? 3D Arena Fighter till the day you die, baby. That's uh, all also, you're getting. Dragon Ball Fighters too. Dragon Ball Fighters exist. And we That's don't true. Have another Dragon yeah. Ball team. After that, that, just, just quit. Yeah, just quit, stop. Bandai. You don't need to make any more. Okay? No, more, no more of your nonsense. Was mediocre here's the thing oh you just God, unlocked Kakarot. a memory kakarot came out <laughs> kakarot was one of the most obsessed with it for a little Ka bit kakarot was one of the game one of the few games in my life that made me so angry that i made a video about it like so angry i was like no i usually stay away from this shit. i was like but i've had enough there's a video on GameSpot which is basically all about scamco bandai taking all anime properties and turning them into 3d fighters i think it's like uh anime games deserve better or something like that on mm -hmm. GameSpot, and it's just about that and it was like i was like so mad about uh, about that stuff and it was because of kakarot um, what you, was the uh, memory that unlocked uh you unlocked a memory of me as a kid going on uh, either Newgrounds or some other Flash game website, MoFunZone.com, whatever other Flash game websites that exist out there, and playing a Dragon Ball Z Flash game where the music that played over it was a MIDI of the Thong song by Cisco. I don't know if anybody else remembers this, remembers this or if this is a uh, uh, like a Mandela effect kind of thing. I swear to God, this happened, but I for, I don't know if anybody else remembers this. This is like that thing where everyone has the legend of uh, porno Tetris, Kama Sutra Tetris. <laughs> everyone knows it. Everyone, I don't know what that is. Like you watched, uh, you know the. Um, uh, uh, Oh, Matrix, Men in Black. Uh, yeah, the Animatrix <laughs> show, but it was really Men in Black. Also, the video I found it. It's uh, called "Please Stop Turning Anime into Arena Fighters." That was the video I made. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's made me big mad. But um, I, 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 I want to play this Cisco game that you've got going uh, on. on. I'm like googling it, it right incredible. now because there's no way I made this up. There is absolutely no way. And I'm, I'm, I'm Oh wait, I think I might have found it. I think I might have found it. I'm gonna... what did, please, before you show it or say anything, what did you type in to find it? I just typed in Dragon Ball Z Flash game. I'm gonna, I'm gonna try. I would 100. I would 100 gone with Dragon Ball Z Cisco, but um, but yeah, like here's uh, the thing: the Cisco part wasn't like the like that wasn't the crazy. Well, that was the crazy thing about it, but like that wasn't like the notable thing about it. The notable thing about it was that it was like a fun Dragon Ball Z Flash game. I didn't realize it was Cisco until until later. Wait, you like, have, I have a memory of it. Kind of funny has a working relationship with Cisco, right? Like you, you're, you're oh, yes. homies. Like yeah, you hit him up and be like, "Do you know this? Did you know this existed?" 
Oh, I'm Did sure. You he, know? I'm sure he'd be like, "Yeah, I played it." <laughs> he was like, "Yeah, I, I made that it. shit. Yeah, I coded that. I, I signed me. the license to get our song <laughs> in the game." Yeah, what do you mean? Do I know it? There, yeah. uh, I send it to you. As they're doing that, let me get into the next news story because we're running late in the uh, before show. Before we move on, I just want to make it uh, make sure people know that Cisco's best song is "Unleash the Dragon" and not "Thong Songs." Thank you. What about the his feature on the Wild Wild West song? That was pretty good as well. But "Unleash the Dragon" number one. Okay. Uh, story number four, Ubisoft's NFT, and this is, again, Tam's on the show, which means we got to talk about NFTs. Ubisoft's NFT bosses say players just don't get it. This is from Tom Phillips at Eurogamer. In December, Ubisoft raised eyebrows when it announced Quartz, an NFT platform for big budget games, which would host resellable in-game items with unique codes stamped on. Despite saying the system would use an, quote, energy-efficient technology, a million times less energy than a Bitcoin transaction, fans still criticized Ubisoft's focus on, on and championing of a technology they claimed was unnecessary and speculative. Now, two of the faces behind Ubisoft's big NFT push have been interviewed by Australian financial site Finder and said that fans just did not get it. Specifically, fans were said not to understand the upsides to reselling digital items, whereas Ubisoft was simply getting in early on a paradigm shift in gaming. Here's an extended quote in full. Quote, I think gamers don't get what a digital second. <laughs> Sorry, the, 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 the phrase I don't think gamers get is a dangerous one to start off with. Let me tell you, Ubisoft bosses, but I continue. I think gamers don't get what a digital secondary market can bring to them. Uh, Nicholas Poard, VP at Ubisoft Strategic Innovations Lab said, Quote, for now, because of the current situation and context of NFTs, gamers really believe it's first destroying the planet and second, just a tool for speculation. But what we at Ubisoft are seeing first, first is the end game. The end game is about giving players the opportunity to resell their items once they're finished with them or they're finished playing the game itself. So it's really for them. It's really beneficial, but they don't get it for now. <laughs> also, I just want to point out that Barrett has put the perfect picture, which I sent him earlier, but this is yeah. it. This is this is every NFT person. Shut up! <laughs> uh, to continue, also, this is part of a paradigm shift in gaming. Moving from, and is this still a quote? Th yeah, this is still a quote from the Ubisoft boss, uh, the NFT boss specifically. Also, this is part of a paradigm shift in gaming. Moving from one economic system to another is not easy to handle. There are a lot of habits you need to go against and a lot of your ingrained mindset, mindset you have to shift. It takes time, we know that, end quote. Of course, uh, and this is back to the article, of course, the views of Poard and Genevois are not those of everyone at Ubisoft. Indeed, other Ubisoft employees reportedly expressed their own discomfort with the company's NFT push in a meeting with boss Yves Guillemont, uh, while a French trade union representing Ubisoft Paris staff members uh, heavily criticized the decision. So there you go. People at Ubisoft are split. Specifically, it's the NFT bosses uh, over there that really want to make it happen and are telling <laughs> wow, you that. Wow, no, the, the people in charge of NFTs at Ubisoft think that people don't understand NFTs? Who would have thought? Incredible. Thought? Isn't it always, it's the, always the cult leader that's like, you don't get it, to the outsiders. And I just, is this really what you want to be spending your time on Ubisoft, considering that you chase every other trend? Like, you just shut down Hyperscape because you were chasing the, the, uh, the Battle Royale trend. How did that go for you? Don't you have other things to worry about? Like, NFTs... We've talked about this to death. We've, I've said my, my piece on it, and I think a lot of people have said this. There is a way to use them. There will be a way to leverage that technology, which is interesting and works within games. I look forward to it. I am excited by it. It's an interesting and, and like could be potentially groundbreaking piece of technology. 
the people that created NFTs are currently out there saying this shit sucks and everyone is grifting. I said it last time I was here, like if, if even if you believe 100% that the future of gaming is NFTs and blockchain and crypto, now is not the time to say it because everyone around you is selling snake oil. Yeah, like there's, a, there is literally a story right now circulating that the biggest NFT producer, Board Eight Yacht Club, is reportedly linked to white. No, not fair. Is reportedly linked to white supremacy and right wing ideology, and has its origins in 4chan. Why would you think this is the right time to come out and say people don't understand NFTs and they are actually good? Not read the room it's insane shit that is constantly there's literally the logo of like the the white supremacy stuff next to the yacht club logo and it's Again, copy the yeah uh board ape stuff and they, it's they copy right -click paste. saved uh, the, the the logo they right click saved it and then used it as their own logo and like you should be now is like read the room it's ridiculous like right? again uh, yeah you shouldn't be saying it. You should be putting research into how to make it not fucking destroy yeah. the planet. And the thing is, like, so what you're saying is, as the people in charge of Ubisoft NFTs, you have put your strategy out there. The gaming audience has said, no, this sucks. Instead of going away and thinking about how can we change people's minds on this? How can we present this as something they should care about? How can we show and help them understand what we believe is the future? Instead of doing that, you roll up with, I don't think people get it. It's a very, it's a very bad you statement. Right. Like the, the statement <laughs> that they should be making is, hey, we hear you. We, see, we, we identify that this is a fucked up space right now with NFTs and how people are taking advantage of it and how so much of it is speculative, right? And we want to, we, we want to uh, utilize this stuff in a way that's going to benefit you in a way that will be, get there in the end game. And so we're going to pull back from now and figure out this stuff uh, and, and not use it in the meantime. That should be the mm. statement. The fact yeah. that they're here and they're like, nah, you just you don't, don't get, get it. it. Is, that's yeah. a bullshit statement. It's a very bad I statement. I think gamers and, don't understand. When yeah. has that ever worked out for you, for anyone? Starting as as uh, Blessing said earlier, when has mm -hmm. starting a statement with that ever worked out for anyone? You think gamers who believe themselves are the smartest people in the world and know everything about gaming always, including me, I'm one of those people, are gonna take that sitting down? Like you think we're not gonna be like? What? Don't tell me what I do and don't know. I am like Saeed in Lost. I can triangulate anything and figure it out. That is not how you want to start your statement. It's so stupid. And the other thing is like not reading the room. The, one of the most like well-known or one of the most celebrated um, uh, currently like discussion points or discussion uh, focal points for NFTs is the Folding Ideas two-hour documentary and explanation, which is basically a, a kind of university lecture on why NFTs suck and are a scam currently. That is being circulated widely. Like hundreds and thousands of people are learning about NFTs through that, through that piece of work. And it's, it's a top to bottom, like just exploration of the origins of the blockchain, how it links into like banking, finance, how it's being subverted and used for the rich to get richer. And that is becoming 
the main discussion point. For them to just completely sweep that aside as well, not read the room, not know that's out there, not know that people are linking NFTs now with uh, white supremacy and roll up and be like, I don't think gamers understand it. Just astronomical levels of like moronness happening right now. <laughs> Relax. The the one thing I uh, I wanted to identify from this article is that is the specific part where they talk about how the end game is about giving players the opportunity to resell their items once they're finished with them uh, or they're finished playing the game. I don't understand why you can't do that without NFTs. Is yeah, that not can. like a, a that's what I thought, right? That's the thing you can do without NFTs, right? I don't understand like because that is I think that is the fallback. Like, hey, this is a good use. Hey, this is for you, the consumer, right? We want you to be able to resell your your stuff. We want you to be able to resell your items. I. I, I want like a reason for given for why you but, can't do that. With bless, NFTs. I assume that to, there's not a reason to be able to nick and uh, nickel and dime you and scam you and stuff exactly to get there yeah. to get to that point, even though that's something are like people can already do uh, in an Internet based environment, you know, it's, yeah, here's something thing. else and that is I think that is why also like it's an angering thing is that is that you're speaking to people like their children and like they yeah. don't like they can't read and they can't like identify this shit right like i it very you're exactly right right and i again i think we're all saying the same thing here of like you're pre you're presenting you're presenting us with the idea of we don't understand what this thing is but you're giving you're, like you're giving bad examples for why this thing is yeah. uh, uh, uh would work but like it's stuff that we can identify as no you don't have to do that to do that like what are, what are the reasons yeah uh, this is going to benefit me in the immediate time that and, like, and you can't I think, do without NFTs. I think like counter to like, I don't think gamers understand is counting on, it's assuming that we don't understand anything and we're not stupid because mm. it's very easy to speak to a gamer and say, this is what we want to do. And they will go, well, Counter-Strike does that on Steam. Like that's been doing, like TF2 has, you can sell shit in TF2 and Counter-Strike and various other Steam games easily. Why, how has Valve managed to pull this off and been successful with it? without nfts while you're telling us this is the only way you can do it that's insane like don't don't i think you're underestimating what what gamers can and will understand and the other thing i'll say is the reason why this really like rustles my jimmies is like uh right now we're, we're in the phase where like the whole nft push is getting to the place where it's it's the classic like the first hit is free approach uh, mm -hmm. that people use, you know, is commonly associated with drug dealing. You, you see everywhere, like, the Paris Hilton, uh, Jimmy Fallon thing was uh, online. I don't know if you've watched that video, but it's... I, I've too, seen it circulated. I, I can't insane. watch it. It's <laughs> I can't too, bring myself to watch it. It's two incredibly rich people pretending like they give a shit about NFTs to sell NFTs to people. And I think everyone in that audience got free NFTs. Um, they got the one so that they, they go home and they download the app and they think that they got this new thing now and that's where the space is going to now the, the first hit is free approach is now going everywhere so like people are slowly being indoctrinated into this nonsense not knowing what is going on again i just want to emphasize i'm sure that there will be a good use for this technology i i'm excited by it and welcomed by i welcome it but right now it's just straight up grifters left right and center trying to straight up rich people trying to get richer while you just piss your time, money, and, and health away chasing these stupid follies. All right, Tam. I want us all here to take a breath. All right. Mm -hmm. you know, I've also, seen, I want to apologize. Earlier, I made a left, uh, lost reference. The phrase, uh, don't tell me what I can and cannot do, is actually a John Locke reference, not a Saeed or a reference. Mm -hmm. But I made, I, I was trying to combine it. You know, it got a bit out of hand. Again, like outside, the day is beautiful, right? Because it's a new mm -hmm. season, it's mm -hmm. review season. So let's take a breath. All right, and I want a palate cleanser. Barrett, if you can go to assets and pull up the the, the footage from the Dragon Ball Z Flash game that I played. <laughs> as a kid.
<laughs> and we're gonna listen to it with sound and hope hope that we don't get claimed. Hopefully, we get DMCA. It's on YouTube. Uh, I don't it's, a, it's a MIDI version, right? It's a MIDI version. Yeah. Oh, so we're, well, fine. That's fine. Right, we should be on, good. Give me, give me a second here, so y'all can Is, hear it. Uh, yeah. All right, there. Go there. Boom. Okay. Like you hear? Hold on. Okay, there we go. So I played this a lot as a kid. Yeah, I can hear it. It's the starting, right? It's the yeah, starting of the song. song. Yeah, it's the starting song. song. I can hear it, yeah. And I didn't think about it until I was an adult, and I was like, wait a second. Wasn't that the thong song? That is the thong song. It's, yeah. Yes, it's it's the early, the bit with the violin, the, the strings, whatever it was. <laughs> All right, Barry, you can pull. You can pull it off. You That's can pull good. It off. Thank you for bringing remember, that up. Remember, remember. I've never done anything illegal, but um, I saw. I've only heard about this from my friends. But remember when Keygens had the absolutely best music on the internet, where you'd like be where allegedly some people would be like, "I need the Sony Vegas key um, serial number." Oh, and you'd open yes, it, and it, exactly. The music about. would be like just Slapping. popping off, and you'd just be like, "Damn!" See, that's the thing. The the best are like slaps that hit that you don't expect where yeah. you turn on you, you turn on goldeneye you hit that menu music and it's like whoa <laughs> yeah this is grammy level hip-hop right here this is popping. <laughs> like i need to hear the best of the best mcs rap on this shit yeah uh tam we got uh some quick hits for you, you got three more stories left mm -hmm. in the roper report so let's go through them quickly story number five epic game store gave away 765 million free games last year helping it reach 194 million users this is tom ivan at vgc the epic game store's user base reached 194 million Million in 2021, up from 160 million a year earlier. In a new report summarizing the marketplace perform mark the marketplace's performance uh, in 2021, Epic Games said daily active users peaked at 31.1 million, and about peak concurrent users hit 13.2 million. Both figures were about the same previous year. Uh, monthly active users in December rose by 11 percent to 62 million, uh, as was as was the as was the case in 2020. The Epic Games Store gave away over 15 games over Christmas 2021, which Shadows offered free every day uh, from December 16th to December 30th. The Epic Games Store gave away 89 free titles in total last year, down from 103 in 2020, with a combined worth of 2,120. Uh, Epic said users claimed over 765 million free games. 76 free games broke their peak concurrent records uh, uh, on PC, user records on PC, with an average of 13, time, uh, 13 times their all-time records, it claims. So there you go. Epic Games Store is out there doing the damn thing. You love uh, to see it. You love to see it. Next for uh, quick hits. Netflix has signed a partnership to add more games. This is Chris Scolian at VGC. Netflix has signed a, part a partnership with Canadian games agency Rocket Ride Games to help add more titles to its library of mobile games. Netflix subscribers in numerous regions already have access to a library of mobile titles through the Android and iOS versions of the Netflix app. Two of these games, Domino's Cafe and Nittens, were added to the service in December via Rocket Ride, and now the agency plans to add more games in the coming months. Netflix's mobile games are included as part of a Netflix subscription and contains no ads and no in-app purchases. And again, if it wasn't evident before, I'll say what I keep saying with this Netflix and gaming thing. They are taking they are they are aiming at kids who get access to Netflix on Roku or, the, or access mm -hmm. to Netflix on their, their, on their parents' phones to play these games for free. And it's a good, it's a good strategy because it works. Yeah, like, it works. My, again, my nephew loves the Roku games that he can play uh, that are basically just repurposed Android games. Like it's a thing mm -hmm. that works. It's a, it's a thing that I think gets a lot of people to retain these apps. And so yeah. go get them. 
And then last one uh, for the Roper Report. Sega quits Japanese arcade business after 50 years. This is Uh. Tom Phillips at Eurogamer. After more than 50 years, Sega has pulled out of the Japanese arcade business. All the company's remaining arcades we sold to arcade company Genda Inc., which operates locations under the Geigo brand. Sega had signaled the move back in 2020, which, as you might expect, was a particularly poor year for arcade revenue. Back then, it shifted 85% of its arcade shares to Genda. Now, it has offloaded the rest. Of course, this is part of a much longer trend away from the uh, from arcades toward gaming at home, a trend Japan had has re- uh, resisted for longer than many other countries. Over the years, countless arcade locations have shuttered. Uh, unfortunate to hear. Uh, yeah, man, I miss arcades. Do you, yeah, do you know, you know what wild thing is about this is there's going to be a point where people who want to experience what it was like to go to a classic Sega arcade will have to play a Yakuza game to do that because they wow. are recreated in there. And like even the games are in there, like some of the games are in there, right? Like Veg Fighters yeah. in there and Space Hero and stuff like that. There are some game collections. I forget which one was the last one I booted up. Maybe it was Sega, maybe it was an, another one. But like, there are some game collections that will simulate that arcade experience when you open up. It's like the 30 yeah. Sega game type stuff. Where you, has, you, anyone, has anyone combined it with like a VR experience? Oh, for sure. I don't know which ones, but I think I've definitely heard of that happening. Um, which cool. is a very smart thing to do, right? Yeah. Like that is that is the way to do that if you're going to create an arcade experience. Yeah, Fair, there we yeah. go. Oh yeah, this Yaku's is up. yeah. Goro Majima playing on an arcade. That is like the incredible. Like that's going to be a hell of a thing a few years from now. Um, playing these kind of fantasy zone. Oh my god, yes. They had the uh, oh, Sonic god. Fighters, I think. In uh, yeah, they like now. Now we just need to make sure that we preserve the Yakuza games everywhere properly. I mean, they're on PC now, so make sure oh, you yeah. make sure you play them there. Tam, um, yeah. I can't mm-hmm. wait for. <laughs> I don't know what I can't wait for. Right? I, you I can't, can't wait I can't... for the revival of the arcade <laughs> scene many, many years from now. Thank you, thank you, Tam. Exactly. I can't wait for the uh, arcade scene to rise from its ashes like a phoenix. Mm-hmm. But that might be so far away. If I want to know what's coming out to Mom Drop Shops today, where'd I look? You would look at the official list of upcoming software across each and every platform as listed by the Kind of Funny Games Daily show hosts each and every weekday. Out today, we got, I don't know how to pronounce this one, Vagante. I was scared because like it sounds very close to vagina if I pronounce it a certain way. But yeah. I'll, I'll, I'm going to say Vagante. We have Vagante for Xbox One. Mm-hmm. Uh, Super Onion Boy 2 for PS5, PS4, Xbox Series X, and Xbox One. Uncharted Legacy of Thieves Collection for PS5. Pokemon Legends Arceus for Switch. Active Neurons Puzzle Game for X- Xbox Series X slash S. Record of Lotus War. Deedlet in Wonder Labyrinth for Switch. Don't Be Afraid for Switch. Circus Pocus for switch return to runaway for switch peace death 2 for switch rogue tower for pc and then gas station simulator gets a free car wash update today uh remember we've partnered with nvidia to keep you updated on all the latest geforce rtx additions to your favorite games like uh midnight ghost hunt uh which launches in beta with nvidia dlss and reflex Possess everyday objects as ghosts and hunt them down as humans in Vaulted Sky Games PvP multiplayer game Midnight Ghost Hunt, which enters beta today. In this game, you can accelerate performance with NVIDIA DLSS and optimize your PC's system latency using NVIDIA Reflex for the fastest, smoothest, most responsive ghost-busting experience possible. So go get on that, Greg Miller. Ghost-busting? Get out of here. No one cares about that shit. 
deals of the day uh this comes from wario 64 there's a lunar new year sale on steam you can get hollow knight for seven dollars and 49 cents and then hades is 16 dollars and 24 cents uh we got a squad up for you reese writes into patreon.com slash kind of funny games with a squad up on playstation uh with the username red hawker 23 i need help uh, getting not just one, but two Far Cry Platinums. None of my friends have Far Cry 5 or 6, so I need someone to join me and take out a base and co-op in both games to finally tick them off. I usually play evenings to late nights UK time, so hit me up if you're willing to help. Uh, if you want to play with Reese on PlayStation, you can add them with the username RedHawker23. Now it's time for kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong, where you write in, let us know what we got wrong, as we got it wrong, for those watching later on YouTube and podcast services around the globe. Ferg writes in and says, a miss out this week uh, from this week (laughs) is Rugby 22. uh, That released yesterday. So we missed that yesterday. Mm -hmm. Um, And then Alex J. Sandoval writes in and says, TM said Bandai Namco only makes anime properties into 3D fighters these days, and he's right, but an exception is the upcoming Dragon Ball The Breakers, which is that batshit Dragon Ball slash Dead by Daylight mashup. And even that still looks like a 3D arena game somehow. Like somehow they have made that game look like a 3D arena game. That's what I'm saying, man. Somebody wrote in uh, to ask about the Sea of Thieves news that came out. I highly recommend checking out uh, kind of funny YouTube.com slash kind of funny plays. Yesterday's stream, me and Snow White Mike before playing Metal Gear Rising Revengeance, we live reacted to the Sea of Thieves stream. So if you want all of our uh, uh, reactions to that, you can go over there on YouTube.com slash kind of funny plays. And next week's uh, go for it, Barrett. Last thing, because uh, I know Mike put this in the chat. If you want more inf- uh, info and uh, you know insights from devs, uh, later today, patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames, uh, we will have on uh, some of the folks from the team at Sea of Thieves uh, talking Ooh. about the, the 2022 content live for everybody else tomorrow, youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames, podcast services around the globe. Hell yeah. Next week's host for Kind of Funny Games Daily go like this. On Monday, it's me and Cam Hawkins. That's right, friend of the show. Uh, he's showing up to guest host on Monday. Tuesday, you're getting Greg and Gary Witta. Wednesday, you're getting me and Andy. Thursday, you're getting Greg and Tim. And then on Friday, you're getting Greg and me. If you're watching this live on Twitch right now, after this is the Community Podcast-a-thon with Greg Miller. Uh, he's going to be going through a bunch of different Kind of Funny Best Friends podcasts, appearing on them. Uh, and it's going to be a really fun time. Come through, hang out, twitch.tv slash kindoffunnygames. Uh, if you want to catch that stream later you can subscribe to youtube.com slash kind of funny plays remember this has been kind of funny games daily each and every weekday at 10 a.m live right here on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games we run you through the nerdy news you need to know about we have a patreon post show for those that are subbed at the silver level of patreon.com slash kind of funny games so stick around for that otherwise until next time game daily